Hey, welcome to the Learning to Lead podcast. I'm Paul Doherty, your host, and today I'm joined with pastors Jeff and Beth Jones from Kalamazoo, <laughs> Michigan, and they're pastors. You've probably heard of them. Uh, Beth has a TV show on Hillsong Channel. Today we're talking about um, working together, husband and wife, pastoring, ministry, leadership. Tell everybody a little bit of y'all's story, who you guys are and your family, how many kids you have and all that. Why don't you go ahead and cool. start us? Well, first, thanks for having us. No, thank you for wow. being part of this. What an honor. Okay, hi, everybody. We uh, pastor together in Kalamazoo, Michigan, Valley Family Church, and we are 27 years this year, old. 27 years, yeah. As a wow. church. Yeah. And in the process, we've had four kids, and life is good, and we're in a great season. It's a good season now, of course, empty nest. Come on. So, yeah, you're going to get there one day. Yeah, one Someday. Day. <laughs> yeah, right one now, day. i got toddlers. Yeah. So, okay, talk about, you know, um, just how you started the church and uh, even just the development stages of, of building this ministry together and where you're at now. Yeah, it's been quite a journey. You know, one of the things that we've enjoyed is being able to work together. When I first met Beth, one of the things that attracted to me, and I remember telling a friend of mine that if she was in business, she'd be a millionaire because she had that kind of mind. Wow. She, she had a strong mind, was a good leader and, and all that. And so the idea of working together in ministry was always sort of our plan. Although at the time, because like, like Beth said, we're 27 years old as a church. We've been married since, what, 86, mm -hmm. well, 32. 32 years this year. So uh, in that time period, when we started, there weren't a lot of models of husbands and wives working together. Yeah. And so when we first started the church, it was pretty much me behind the pulpit. And I remember she designed our first church sign. <laughs> uh, so when we're starting the church of grand opening, it was the name of the church. And then my name was just as big as the name of the church sign, <laughs> as if that was You important. remember those signs, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, who knows Jeff Jones? <laughs> Nobody does. So, like, oh, oh my gosh, Jeff Jones is there. Let's stop. You know, it's like ridiculous. But I, I, I say that as a joke because she she designed the sign. In other words, she's the one who put my name on it so big. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't Jeff and Beth, it was just Jeff. And so it was probably, it took us probably 10 or 12 years to realize that, you know, she's got a great speaking gift. She's not only yeah. a, a wonderful author, written over 20 books, but she has an incredible. Wow, 20 books? 20 books. That's what I did. I, I apologize. It's <laughs> okay. That's amazing. No, it's crazy. It's it, absolutely crazy. So really, I'm married to a writer. To a, now in television, uh, and a, a wonderful, wonderful mom, and and you know we do now we do ministry together, and and, and uh, so we, we pretty much share the pulpit today. So wow, yeah. that's yeah. pretty. I mean, that's amazing and rare in the church world today to see husbands and wives sharing the pulpit yeah. equally, and to see you know a husband that's championing his wife like you do with Beth. Beth, talk a little bit from your yeah. side on mm -hmm. this. Well, I think you're exactly right. I mean, the key is that he's championing, championing me. That's a hard word to say. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Championing. <laughs> championing me. And I think that's just huge because when the guy, the husband, does that for the wife, mm -hmm. then it really releases her to flow in whatever gifts and talents she has. And so he's been really, really good at doing that. Now, when the kids were little, we first started the church. Um, you know, I was pregnant with Luke. We had two little kids. And so for those first years, you know, it was busy like you guys with little kids. And so my role then was a little bit more administrative behind the scenes. I teach a little bit here and there. But then as the kids got older and as the church grew, he just really felt like, you know what, I need to have you teaching more on Sunday. And wow. so initially it was like one month a year. Did that February. scare you at first or were you like, I'm ready for it, I'm excited? Um, I was excited. I mean, it didn't scare me because I, I love to teach and yeah. I felt like things were stirring up inside and I was like excited about it, it but also time. super nervous the first couple times. 
Um, but I did like one month a year, and it was great, and I loved it, and Mother's Day. And then as the years went on, he really felt, um, one particular year, he just really felt like, you know what, we need to make the change. A, women need to see a high-profile woman in the church. Mm -hmm. And so obviously, in many cases, it's going to be the pastor's wife or some other high-profile woman. And um, the kids need to see it. The young girls need to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew enough to know, um, you know, how to handle myself so that the guys didn't feel like some she-man got up there yeah. and was teaching or whatever. I, try, you know, I did my best to you know, recognize there's men in the audience as well as women. And it, it really went over well. I mean, people were, were very responsive. When I taught, they weren't like, oh, no, she's teaching. I'm not coming. And then when I was done teaching for a series, then he would do the next series. And they'd be like, yay, Pastor Jeff is back. Wow. And then he would be done. They'd be like, yay, Pastor Beth is back. So it felt like they got both mom and dad, Yeah, which was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it, so, it, that's amazing. It sounds great now, but it, when we first went through it, I had to go through a kind of a dying period. I what was that like? Well, <laughs> terrible, because it was like I, you know, she'd go to speak, and then afterwards, people would come out, they'd be so excited. I think you're not excited like that when I'm preaching. And <laughs> they would come to me and say, "Oh my goodness, it was so wonderful. It's such a great message." And what I'm hearing is, "You stink," you know. Oh, I mean, man. week after Which is week. Which not the case, so, but that's what he's hearing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it was. It, it took a long time. In fact. I actually thought right after it was probably the first several months of this that I thought maybe I'm going to die. <laughs> Honestly, I thought maybe that's why God has her speaking because I'm going to die. So I, I, I took her out on a date, brought all of our financial information because <laughs> I took care of our finances. And I said, no, I, I, I don't know this is going to happen, but if I do, here's where all the, you know, we didn't have that much money, but here's where everything is. And, yeah. and she said, you're not going to die. But it really, I did have to die to a little bit of pride and my own self. But, you know, once you got old, once you die, you pretty much are dead. <laughs> so, so after that, it's been, that was you know, a long time ago. So it's way wow. past now. Yeah. But it was, it was a journey. What was it like? Did the church dynamics and demographic change when you guys made that change, or did it remain the same? I think it attracted some more professionals to the church because, you know, women, unfortunately, women in the in the secular world are are honored often more times and, and are more often yeah. than they are in the church world. They're given more opportunity, Absolutely. more more platforms to grow. Absolutely, that's so true. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, it, so it drew in more of the professional it did. crowd. It did, yeah. Y'all are in Kalamazoo. How big is that city? Kalamazoo itself is around 75,000, so not very big. Uh, the area, and our whole county basically, is 225,000, which still is also not that big. But it is a very influential little area of Michigan. Yeah. And there's a lot of five, Fortune 500 companies headquartered there. I mean, there's some really cool things that God is doing in Kalamazoo, so yeah. I think we're there strategically. That's but it's amazing. not very big. <laughs> But it's amazing that you guys have built a big ministry mm -hmm. in a smaller yeah. city that's not like, it's not like, you know, Miami and yeah. Los Angeles, yeah. New York City. Talk a little bit about how, how you know that you were called to be there for as long as you guys have done it. And uh, even speaking to maybe some younger people who feel like they're called to a city that's maybe not yeah. known or as big and trying to figure out that whole thing of just plowing through yeah. in the same place of obedience. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, for us, it was pretty simple. You know, where our, our goal was to go to a city and start a church. Uh, we felt called to start a church rather than take one over or, or, and whatnot. Uh, so we wanted to start a church and we wanted to grow a family. So those two things were really super important in our lives. And so we knew that that was going to take a unique set of gifts to work together to do that. And so uh, 
uh, our, our raising the kids, the four kids, and raising the church went hand in hand with both of us. So we literally shared those roles in a lot of ways. I probably did more stuff that would be traditionally done by a mom than a lot of the dads do because Beth was taking on more of a role at the church than most stay-at-home moms would. So we kind mm -hmm. of had to work out the balance of that. And so because of that, uh, it's just been a joy to see that both of those things grow. And our kids today, all four of them uh, are married. Uh, those four and their spouses, all, all eight now, feel a call to ministry and are either wow. serving the Lord in full-time ministry or somewhere in the world being trained for ministry, which is really cool. Yeah. It's really been fun to yeah. see that. So it's worth it. It's cool. worth the effort. And so people ask us today, how did you get to where you are? You know what? We didn't quit. Because there are a lot of years where we felt like quitting, where you just didn't see a lot of success, you didn't see a lot of breakthrough, but you just stay steady. And you know, we knew God called us, and so we were just there to raise a church and raise a family. So, what yeah. do you think that key is in staying steady um, when when people feel like quitting? What was it for you guys that kept you guys plowing through during those tough seasons? I think for us, it was that we were always honest with each other, and we always talked about it with each other so when I was down she was up and she was down I was up and so we pulled each other through and and really partly there was no plan B you know part of life is just this is what we really you kind believe. of burn your bridges yeah you know, when you step into ministry it's like hey there's no plan We're B as you back. said We're yeah not going back so it's gonna it's gonna work yeah. um, and I think vision I mean I think whatever God puts in your heart you can't escape it yeah it's there and so the stuff God put in our heart for our region and beyond it's like there was no getting away from that so the only option was pray, seek the Lord, you know, figure out strategically what to do next and stay with it. And uh, God's been faithful and things kept growing. So that's well, good. And then, Come and on. The, then the writing side with Beth, you know, we knew that we, we're a local church with, a, with an influence that goes way outside of our, our four walls. So with her writing, literally, uh, books are around the world now for, for her. That's, that's been something that has kept us going as well. So for a second here, talk about your books. You, you've written 20 books. Yeah. Um, were all 20 of these like in your your heart at some point or were some of them birthed along the journey yeah and mm -hmm. how did you know which book you were going to write first yeah. and you were like that's the first one i've got to get done mm -hmm. yeah thanks that's a good question um well i knew the first i did not know these books were not all in there that i that i was aware of i didn't even know i was a writer to be honest i wanted to be a dentist originally so i had no thoughts of writing but then God began to put a real passion in my heart to write some workbooks to help people literally get a grip on the basics of the Bible. And my previous spiritual, you know, growing up discipleship training was through Campus Crusade for Christ originally. Well, they're great with workbooks. They're great with discipleship. Mm -hmm. So when I came into, you know, being spirit-filled and all the, all the additional things, I thought, man, we need a workbook to help people get a grip on these basics. And so when I wrote that first one, it was more of a passion to help people get this stuff. I didn't even know who would want the book. It's just I had this unction, I have to write it. Yeah. So I spent about 18 months writing it every Monday, and then I got it all done. I'm like, all right, now do, what do you do? So we sent it to a publisher, got a nice rejection letter. It was very nice, very courteous. <laughs> <laughs> so then we said, well, what do you do with this book? So we started to use it to disciple people. And yeah. we self-published it. We went yeah, to Kinko's, Kinko's. And, and published it ourselves. <laughs> wow. like, with what little money we had, we, we started publishing. Yeah. That's when you know you're called to write, <laughs> is when you just you do committed. it no matter who yeah. says Groceries, it's books work. that no one wants to buy, yeah. Come Go on. to Kinko's. But we just did that, sent it to the publisher again, got rejected again. But still, it's in there. It's that vision. You know it's yeah. in there. So anyways, long story short, finally sent it to the same publisher again. They took it. And it's been one of their bestsellers now since 1994. Wow. Top 40 bestsellers. And then from there, uh, the desire just to write more 
workbooks, curriculum workbooks, was there to help people get the basics. I mean, that's my passion. Yeah. And um, so it was pretty easy to write the first four or five because there, there was just so much in there. And, and partly as a young mom with little kids, it was kind of my therapy. At night, kids are in bed, I could get on my computer and just type away, and it was like, <laughs> you know, talking to my therapist. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, and then the other books, I don't know, just just got put a topic in my heart, you know, we put it together, so. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Okay, so talk about parenting for a second. My wife and I were raising a four-year-old and a two-year-old and another one on the way. Um, <clears throat> give us some advice, give the, the watchers, listeners today some advice on, now all four of your kids are married. Yeah. They love God. Yeah. They love you guys, mm -hmm. which I'm a PK, pastor's yeah. kid. There's probably sub, several PKs out there uh, or ministry kids. Um, it's kind of rare. You know, like people come up to me and say, wow, like you love yeah, Jesus and yeah. you love the local church and you grew up in the local yeah, church. And you're normal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you're normal. And, and I'm like, yeah. And then I come to find out that there's a good majority that have been burned yeah. and hurt yeah. and resentful. And it's part of some people's testimony that are listening today, watching today. How do we, uh, even for the listeners today that are now parents and maybe raising kids or one day want to raise kids, how do we do it? You know, talk a little bit about y'all's journey of raising mm -hmm. your kids to love God, love the church, love you guys as they grew older. Mm -hmm. Let's start. Yeah, I mean, I think we always made it a goal with the kids. We don't want them to be stuck in a box of feeling like they're PKs, and this is some prison sentence. Yeah. So we say, guys, we're a Christian family. Forget that we pastor a church. Now, we do pastor a church, and we all do it together. It's a family thing, not just a mom and dad thing. Yeah. But forget that we do that. We're just like Christians. Yeah. So let's just live our lives to please the Lord. That's our That's only goal. Good. That's yeah. it. No other commandments to think about. Just let's please the Lord. Yeah. And I think that was our baseline, and we tried to take the pressure off the kids to be these perfect PKs or yeah. to know the Bible or you know no, yeah. all the stuff. It was more like, no, let's just have fun. Let's love God. Let's please the Lord. And we're going to be yeah, obviously a church going family and you know, Jesus is going to be at the center. I think we just tried to make it normal yeah. and fun. Fun. And there's a lot of laughter. I mean, he's hilarious and a lot of laughter yeah. in our home. So I think that was a big thing that, you know, was just like the, the DNA of the family. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our, our goal at home is just be Christians. We would always talk about, yeah. we're a Christian family. We don't do this because we're pastors. We do this because yeah. we're Christians. And we get to pastor, and we get to do it together as a family, and that's a that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's that's a it's great. a privilege to do yeah. it. And so we talk about you know in public, you know, where we act a certain way in public just because people are watching us. But we act the same way at home. We're not going to act. Yeah. We're going to put on an act when we yeah. go outside. Because yeah. kids are smart and they pick that up anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Like mom and dad act so pastoral, but at home yeah. it's a yeah, different that, story. Yeah. yeah. So that we so, don't want that. Yeah. Here's another question for you. Uh, these days in our society culture. You know, there's all this talk of like, oh, don't discipline your kids. My wife and I, we discipline our boys. Um, what, what are y'all's advice to parents out there that are trying to figure out if they should, how and if they should discipline their children? Yeah, that's a great question. And the Bible says that, you know, it, the disciplining our kids is, is really something we do for their benefit, not for ours. And yeah. so our rule was we never disciplined out of anger. Yeah. You know, we just, because it can be, it, you can be easily frustrated as a parent. You can easily respond in anger. But the discipline is just correction. So we always tr took the idea that when we disciplined our kids, it was to correct them for a mistake they made. We would always say things like to the boys, 
boys, you're better boys than this. We're, we're trying to set the standard because what you don't want to do in disciplining kids is drive them down like, I'll never, I'll never meet the standard. Yeah. But it's like, no, you made a mistake. We're going to discipline you. We're going to correct you for that. Yeah. And then we're going to, because we're looking further up. Mm -hmm. And so that we always try to build yeah. them up versus knock them down. A lot of discipline knocks kids. We yeah. want to build them. So. I mean, one thing we would say was, you know, that's not the Eric we know. Or yeah. that's not the Annie we know. Yeah. The Annie we know loves the Lord and obeys her parents, you know, when yeah, they're little. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. the, you know. Um, another little nugget the Lord gave us that really helped us when our kids were middle school age, you know, because neither one of us were raised as Christians. So, do, like, how do you raise Christian kids? We didn't know because we weren't those. So one day the Lord spoke to our heart and said, um, nobody's perfect, including your kids. The only perfect person was Jesus. Your kids are going to make mistakes. Yeah. So just pray the mistakes are minor and they learn quickly. That's good. So it took the pressure off. Like, yeah, they're not going to be perfect. They are going to make some, some mistakes. So just pray they're minor and that they learn quickly. And that is what we prayed and that is what they did. They made some mistakes, but they were minor and they yeah. learned. And, you know, when I say quickly, within, you know, 30, 60, 90 days, the lessons are learned. We've, you know, been grounded for the rest of our lives. And another thing too, which I think is, has been important for us is we always considered ourselves, well, well, two things. Let me, don't, let me forget two things. One, we're a unit, we're a family. Yeah. So we do everything together. <clears throat> so we wanted to make sure that uh, none of our kids became the Lone Ranger. You know, a lot of families they have that one kid who can starts doing their own thing. We never, we never let any of our kids do that. We always kept them together so that we would go to practices together, we go to games together, we go to band concerts together. You know, the kids didn't have to go together, but, but we did. We went together because mm -hmm. we were, we were a family, and then we always did fun stuff with them and and if there was uh, kids got invited to things that we knew weren't good for them instead of saying well you can't go to that what we would do is we come up with some alternative that was even better than going to that party or going to that thing well oh, we're going to do this so it's always helping them to think and head in that right direction so that's that's number one yeah, the good. second mm -hmm. thing is is we only had one calendar as a family so we called it the family matrix and it was quite an operation when all the kids were small because they were all active in different things different sports and we were had busy lives with the church but with one calendar we kept everybody on target so that uh so that the church was part of our lives but it wasn't our whole life and there were never those situations where if there was a family calendar and a church calendar and if there was ever church events that caused something for the family not to happen well, then the church would have the pro would be the problem, and then therefore God would be the problem. So we always try to keep everything together so that we were just there was harmony in our lives. Yeah. It wasn't stressed out. There wasn't, but it, it took a lot of work because literally updating our family calendar every day, so that yeah. we, we never had issues with it. So mm -hmm. I was I, I was the master holder of the calendar. So we knew <laughs> every day where everybody was doing, where they're all going, and we were never yeah. stressed out. No. I don't ever remember. We're tired. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Yeah, a lot. Never naps out. in the parking lot. That's really good. Yeah. Um, what is y'all's, like, I want to hear from both of you, um, some of your favorite leadership books that you guys have read or even just leadership um, research study that you guys have found to be make you a better leader for the church, for your family, mm -hmm. for your marriage. Mm -hmm. um, well, one book I can speak to, because there's yeah. one that we're, that we're doing right now that's been really excellent and super timely because we're doing some restructuring we're kind of in a season of you know re reshaping some things and so there's a book called traction and the subtitle of the have you heard of it traction uh -uh. it's really good the subtitle is like getting a grip 
on the basics of your business or something. Oh, wow. So, of course, we like that. Yeah. Um, so this book is great on structure, on organizational structure. Yeah. And um, That's we've been going through it with our executive team and just really talking about, like, what is the future, what do the next 10 years look like? Yeah. So from a leadership angle, from an organizational angle, it's great. It's not a Christian book per se. It's just a business book. Yeah. But it's fantastic on leadership Traction. and structure. Mm -hmm. Traction. Really I good. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. It's helped us to determine. One of the things he talks about in the book is, is understanding your gifts. Everybody's wired different ways. Beth tends to be wired more like the creative, with a creative mind. I tend to be wired more with an operational mind. Mm -hmm. He calls that a that creative side, and then and this one's the integrator side. So we realize, you know, for us, we've so often worked just hand in hand. We're actually going to restructure our, our organization to sort of create a creative side of our church and then the operational side of what we do. And, and I so love that. We think that's what's really going to bring some um, continuity and some harmony in both of those departments so that the operations side doesn't slow the creative side down. And the creative side doesn't get bored talking about operational stuff yeah, that yeah, has yeah. to happen. So yeah. it's like we are we So not just creative arts, but right. creative like everything. Vision, marketing, communications, all yeah. the stuff that a certain brainwave thinks of, as opposed to all the operation stuff, which is a di completely different mindset, Side, as you yeah. know. <clears throat> so we think it's gonna be really fun, not just for us, but for the team as we, well. We hope so. We're right, it. we're just right in the middle of it. So talk to us in a year we'll tell <laughs> yeah, you yeah, if yeah, it yeah. worked or not. But we think uh, it's gonna work. So there's so many questions I would like to ask you, but I'm trying to figure out some of the ones that I think would be good for the listeners yeah. today. Um, when you were in, when you guys were in your 30s and you were doing the church, um, was there ever a moment where you just blew it? Like you just felt like you missed it. And how did you get up from that moment? Well, I'm trying to think back. I mean, there were seasons we could talk about relationships because relationships yes. are really important in life and in church yeah. and they're, they're complicated right i mean just the friendship side of it the leadership side of it all the different hats you have to wear yeah when so, you're the boss and the pastor yeah, yeah. And, and the you friend got, and you got to let someone go yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah and then throw in family <laughs> throw in family right. and then somebody leaves your church that was your close that was your friend. best friend yeah, yeah. yeah. mm-hmm you want to talk, talk about that now? No, yeah, <laughs> share on any of that. Can I cry I about think, that now? Yeah. So, okay. Turn the cameras off. Turn the cameras off. Uh, no, that, for me, that was the hardest thing. I remember one time, this is before we started the church, there was a, I don't know, they don't have them nowadays, but they, back then it was called a roll, Rolodex. It had, it was a written card of people's those? names. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So My mom and dad had okay, yeah, yeah. 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 So I was sitting in a pastor's office, and, and he was sitting there talking, we were just talking, and he had this Rolodex, he was going through it, and he said, he looked up and he said, you know why they made these? They made these to show you who's now left your church. And wow. I thought, well, I, you know, I thought to myself, you know, that's never going to happen to me because I am way too fun. You know, yeah. people are not going to want to leave our church ever. Yeah. Uh, but yet, you know, the, sometimes the closest people to you, yeah. they don't make it. You know, we, we as we started the church yeah. from the very beginning, people that helped us start the church, there'd be a conflict. I remember one time. I had a guy on the phone, he said to me one day, he said, Pastor, I, I love you, I'm with you, you need to know I'm always behind you, I'm there, I'm there with you. Well, but within the next 24 hours, I made a really slight decision about something. It wasn't hard, it wasn't complicated, it, wasn't, it <laughs> was not a controversial decision. But he got so mad at me that, that he, he again called me on the phone, this time ringed me out and slammed the phone down. I've never seen him since oh all these my years. Goodness. So one day he's got my back. The other day he's got a knife in my back. And I think, you know, so you think, how do you deal with that as a person? 
Yeah. Right. How, how do you mm-hmm. how do you how do you stay encouraged that? as a pastor <laughs> and as a leader? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it can be difficult. Yeah. And Not take it personal. No, because uh, John Maxwell said something years ago, which has always helped me. He said, "Hurting people hurt people." Yeah. And and that just that one sentence, "Hurting people hurt people." has just helped me to understand, you know, everybody's got issues. Yeah. And sometimes they yeah. just need somebody to vent and somebody to blame. And, and that's they not... They take it out on their past. Yeah, and that's not to say we don't make mistakes, because, my gosh, we do. We're just human beings. But you can't take them all personal. Yeah. Wow, that's really good. So how did you... How have you guys learned not to take the hurt that other people throw on y'all personal? How have you guys learned to shake it and just keep moving? Well, I think it's a learning curve, and we probably haven't always done it exactly the way we should have because sometimes when it happens the first couple of times or the first time it happens let's put it that way you kind of retreat yeah. and you put up some walls, walls and some barriers like okay well we're not gonna let that happen again yeah well then that's unhealthy then you're kind of isolating yourself yeah and you still have you know thick skin tender heart all that stuff but it's not healthy relationally so then we had to say no let's find the balance and let's obviously we want to we're and we're people people so we like to have people over we like to hang out with people so let's find the balance of having dinner with another couple or a couple of couples in the church or doing some things but we just know where the line is and but i say that then some new friends come in and you think oh i think it'll be different with these guys I think we can be a little closer with them and go on some motorcycle trips or go do some fun stuff together. And we did. And then you're like, oh, man, because then it, you yeah. know, it just it happens. It, it happens. happens. The happens. hats, the hats. the. Yeah. And we've come to realize, you know, some people are are called to be pioneers with you. Help you start. Yeah. Some people are called to be homesteaders. And some people are just their first season. And we heard, uh, who was it? Was it Jack, Jack Hayford said something interesting once. He said, he said, uh, ministry, of course, is a is a lifetime calling, but it's seasonal work, so that there are seasons with people. So if you think you're going to be with someone for a lifetime, you're going to be disappointed. But if you realize God gives you seasons in people's lives to minister to them, that has really helped us. That's really yeah. good. Say it one more time. Yeah. <clears throat> that ministry and pastoring, in particular, is a lifetime calling, but it's seasonal work. That's really good. Yeah. Well, and the thing that we realize, and this has been really helpful, is that there might be some people that leave the church, and so in our heart, it's like, ah, oh, it feels, it feels, you know, bad in our heart. Like, oh, it feels terrible. Yeah. Like. Yeah, we feel bad about it, and it just—it's yeah. not a good experience for us, right? Yeah, how we feel about it. But for them, their experience at the church was awesome. Look, so, so for them, their memory of being at the church is a good memory. Yeah. For us, it's a painful memory. And yeah. it occurred to us once we get some thank you notes from some people, like, "Oh, really? Like it was a good season? Like, oh, yay! Well, that makes it then good for us." Yeah, yeah. yeah. As opposed to thinking you left in pain or left mad or left yeah. whatever. Isn't that They're crazy? like oh, for, them, for them. It was a great, it's a great memory. Oh, I yeah. loved that time there. It was awesome. It changed our lives. And oh. We're like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you like us? Which is kind of strange, right? Yeah. Wow, that's really good. Though. But it's helpful, yeah. That's really good. My dad, um, he asked one of his heroes in ministry when my dad was in his early thirties. Asked this hero in ministry, "What's the best advice you would give to a young pastor?" Um, that you know, like best advice, like give it to me. I'm ready for it. It's got his notepad out. He's like, hit me. I'm, you know, I'll sit here for an hour. Just tell me the secrets to succeed as a pastor in ministry. And the guy said, if you don't get bitter, you'll make it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my dad was like, what else? And the guy was like, if you don't get bitter, you'll make it. Just said it like over and over. My dad was like, hmm. And he didn't realize how important it would be until 
actually being in ministry, how easy it is yeah. to get bitter. Okay. And I think what you said is so good and so good for the listeners today and people that are watching. Whatever you've walked through, whatever you're walking through, um, just taking the advice that pastors Jeff and Beth have been sharing on not taking those things personal when there is rejection or hurt. Um, if you're leading a company or if you're leading a ministry, there's going to be people that leave and uh, learning to, and there's going to be times where you have to let people yeah. go. Mm -hmm. And and I think there's so much more to that. You guys have some last thoughts on leadership to everyone who's watching today or anything you'd like to share to impart to the listeners today? Well, I would say uh, leadership is such an awesome thing. To be able to actually do something where you're helping to influence others. We, we kind of feel that every Christian's a leader. So whether or not you see yourself in a leadership position, how you live your life is a really a way to honor the Lord yeah. and point mm -hmm. people towards Him. And I yeah. think in leadership, if, if, if our goal in leadership is to always point people to Jesus, then we've accomplished a good thing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. I would just add to that, I would say the same thing we said to our kids. You know, the goal in life is live a life to please the Lord. Yeah. And I think if with your, it, within your own heart, if you're like, God, I might not be pleasing everybody else in my world, but I'm doing the best I can, and my heart's clear, and I wanted to please the Lord, living for an audience of one, as they say, then I think it's, that's a good place to be and a good way to live because you can sleep at night, yeah. your conscience is clear, and you can have joy in your heart, and life is good. Yeah, that's love, really love good. Love God, love people. You know, pretty much down to that. Come on, that's yeah. the basic advice. Yeah. The basics. Yeah. Come on now. With Jeff and Beth. <laughs> hey, last question. i got to ask you this, um, and I want you to speak to the ladies that are listening today. Um, what would you encourage young girls that have dreams mm -hmm. of writing books, speaking one day, being used by God? Um, what advice would you give them? There may be some girls today that are married to a husband that doesn't believe in them. Yeah. Um, there may be girls today that aren't married that want that one day mm -hmm. and feel like maybe that's the, that's the relationship that could give them a catalyst mm -hmm. to be used by God. Speak to all people in walks of life that are listening. <laughs> okay. The ladies. Okay, girls. I would say to you, listen, if God's put something in you, your gift will make a way. And so don't shrink back. And you also don't need to push it and force it and be, you know, super aggressive or abrasive. Allow God to make a way for you. But use your gifts. Don't shrink back. I mean, for years, listen, for years, I threw gutter balls with the goal of not winning. Because I was told one time as a seventh grader, when you go bowling, don't beat the boys. So I threw gutter balls so that wow. I didn't win. And I don't think girls should do that today. And yeah. so God is for you. He's yes. in your corner. He's cheering you on bowl <laughs> don't throw gutter balls use your gifts and then people around will see they'll take note and it might take a little longer than you're planning on but that's okay be faithful right where you're at in the church that you're at you be faithful and serve wherever there's a need and in due season you will reap your gifts yeah. will make a way your gifts and will always make a way god will yeah. set you right where he wants you so um it's not going to be a 50-yard dash it's going to be a marathon but that's cool that what that's what makes it fun so use your gifts girls Go for it. That's so good. Okay, one last question for you, Pastor okay. Jeff. Um, to the guys out there yeah. that are married or are dating a girl that is strong yeah, yeah. and that has gifts, yeah, yeah. Um, speak to them on how they can be secure in yeah. themselves and confident and encourage Absolutely. their wife. Amen. Well, listen, not all the guys can do it, but you can because, listen, God's given you the ability to do it, to support your wife, to understand that and understand the gift that he's given you. And, and think of it as a team. Yeah. When I win, she wins. When she wins, 
I win. When we're together doing stuff, we both win. And so yeah. helping her to shine just makes you much, that much more stronger. So her gift does not take anything away from you. So be strong, be bold, encourage her, push her when she needs it, but tell her, be her biggest cheerleader. That's so good. Well, you've been watching Learning to Lead, listening to it. If you haven't downloaded our uh, app or the, the podcast app and subscribe to our podcast, go do that. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening to this from the app, remember now we're posting this on our YouTube channel. Go subscribe to the Victory Tulsa YouTube channel. Thank you guys so much. We love you. God bless you. Stay tuned on the Learning to Lead podcast for more incredible interviews like Pastors Jeff and Beth. God bless you.